A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus told the disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for their usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw the others standing idle, standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You too, go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off. And he went out again around noon, and again around three o'clock, and did likewise. And going around about five o'clock, the landowner found still others standing around and said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You too. Go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled and said against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only for one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me to work for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give to this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. So do you have any children to come up for the children's homily? Want to come up from the back? Oh, good, good. Let's see. How are you doing this morning? Excellent, excellent. I'm Father Ed. Well, thank you very much. What's your name? Marie. Marie. That's a beautiful name. Excellent. Now, do you like flowers? I love flowers. You love flowers. Do you like yellow ones or red ones? I prefer both. You like them both. Okay, see, she's smart. You know this? All right. <laughs> You're going to do well in this world. Okay, so I'll give you both a yellow one and a red one. You're very welcome. Now, what did you do to deserve those flowers? You always pray to the Lord, and you're nice to people. Well, that's, that's wonderful. I was going to accept the fact that you just showed up. You know, I'd have given you a flower just for showing up, even if you weren't nice to people. You know, they say that 90% of success in life is just showing up, isn't it? <laughs> that's what they say. So I'm glad you showed up, and I give you a flower, because you are a very sweet little girl, Marie. And... Um, 
Let's see, is there anyone else you think maybe you could give a flower to? You want to give a flower to everybody in this church? Because yeah, everybody has a great heart. If I give you this thing, can you walk around and pass out flowers to everyone? Yes. Okay, it's a good thing. <laughs> hey, you all are winners. Is this great or what? That wasn't the plan, but it'll work, okay? <laughs> Everybody gets a flower, I think. I don't know if there's enough for everyone, but we'll do what we can. Okay, so the homily, the, the gospel today, is an interesting gospel. And, and in the course of time, it's had a couple of different interpretations. I think that the first, the very earliest understanding of this gospel had to do with, with Jesus trying to teach the Jewish people that the kingdom of God was to be opened to the Gentiles. See, we don't really understand how much the, the Jews of Christ's day hated Gentiles, which is, of course, us, people who are not part of the Jewish family or the Jewish tribe. And they hated Gentiles for a lot of good reasons. After all, it was the Egyptian Gentiles who had imprisoned them as slaves for 300 years. And then it was the uh, Gentile Assyrians who wiped out the northern tribes of Israel. It was the Gentile Babylonians who had taken the southern tribes, Judah and Levi, captive into Babylon, where they stayed as exiles for, for 70 years. And now it was the Roman Gentiles who had taken possession of their country and oppressed them. You see, they really despised the Gentiles. But Jesus, who, tries to, who tried to teach the people that God loves everybody, doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, male or female, slave or free. Doesn't matter what color your skin is. None of that stuff matters to God. He loves us all. And so Jesus is trying to teach them that the kingdom of God is going to be open to all. And in fact, in many ways, the last, the Gentiles to come into the kingdom, will be first. And indeed, isn't that true today? The Gentile church actually is, is the larger of the churches between the Jewish church and the Gentile church. And if you wonder what happened to the Jew Jewish church, you can go to the Syriac church, which is still meets in Iran and Iraq and places like that, and they still say Mass in Aramaic. You know, people argue we should say Mass in Latin or, or Greek or English. Well, you know, go to Syria and they say Mass in Aramaic. That's the language Jesus spoke. They never changed a thing. So yes, Jesus says the last will come in and be first. Now, St. Gregory the Great, who was a pope, around the 6th century, if I've got my centuries right, um, he read this passage and he said, you know, this also reflects, you know, people come to conversion experience at different points in their lives. Some people are baptized as infants, and they grow up in the church, and their whole life they know the joy of the faith. And other people, they come to faith later at life, in life. Some in their middle years, some in their last hours, some at the 11th hour, which is the expression used in this gospel. And it says, and God gives them all his full love and mercy. He doesn't hold back just because someone comes to conversion late in life. 
because the gift that we receive from God when we come to God is himself. And he's never figured out how to give away part of himself. He always gives away his full love and mercy to everyone who comes to him. And so even those who come last will receive the full love and mercy that God has to give to all people. But you know, there's a problem in this gospel, and that's some of these people who are laboring in the master's vineyard, laboring in God's vineyard, they start to grumble. They say, well, it's not fair that these people only worked one hour and they got a denarius, just like us who worked all the full 12-hour day. You know, in the Jew according to Jewish law, you could work a laborer for 12 hours, from sunup to sunset. But they had to receive his wage at the end of every day because they're not getting paid very much. They need that money to buy, go to the marketplace, buy food for their family. And only a denarius. Now, what's a denarius? A denarius is a small silver coin. It's about half an ounce. And so it's worth, what, about $10, I think, today's price of silver. And so that's all they would get for a full day's wage. Well, when those who only worked one hour were getting a, a denarius, a full day's wage, the ones who worked all day thought we should get more. You see, their focus was on their reward. And because their focus was on their wage, on their reward, then they wanted to receive more rather than their focus be on the love for the owner of the vineyard. Years ago, I used to know a man by the name of Bob Harrington. He was a Baptist preacher, and he called himself the chaplain of Bourbon Street. You can probably actually catch him on YouTube. This was a long time ago. But he was actually a very funny preacher. He was a fun person to listen to. And he used to say this all the time. He used to say, Most people have just enough religion to bug them instead of bless them. <laughs> because we, they become so focused on what they get out of church. They get focused on what they get within their relationship with God. And are not focused on the love their love for God, their love to labor in his vineyard. And that's what we see in these, these laborers, those who were jealous, because their focus was on what they were getting and not on the love they have for their master. But this parable is not just about the laborers. It's also about the owner of the vineyard, the master. And this parable teaches us two things about God. One is that he is always coming to us where we are to give himself to us, to call us into his vineyard, to make us fellow laborers with, with him in reaching the world. He calls us wherever we are to come join in the labor of his vineyard. And so in this parable, at 6 o'clock in the morning and at 9 o'clock in the morning and at noon and 3 and even at 5 p.m. when there's only one hour left in the day to work. He goes to draw people to his vineyard. And the other thing it teaches us about God is that he is so generous that he does not know how to pour out just a little bit of love. When, he, when we come to him to labor in his vineyard, he gives us all that he is and all that he has. He pours his full love and mercy into us. For our God is a generous God.
There are a couple of people I think of in the Bible who, who understood this. How God's generosity was for all people, even those who persecuted them. I think of St. Stephen, one of the first deacons of the church and the first Christian martyr. He's falsely accused and drugged before the Sanhedrin, which is the Supreme Court of Jerusalem. And they get so angry with him, they start stoning him to death. Can you imagine going to the Supreme Court of our country and have them pick up rocks and start throwing them at you just because they didn't even bother to find out the truth of your case? But here is Stephen as he's being stoned to death. And what is his thought? Get even with these people? No. He prays for them. He says, God, please do not hold this sin against them. He understood that God was call, even calling them to be laborers in his vineyard. And in fact, one of the people who were there, one of the members who, of the court who was there stoning him, his name was Paul. He became Saint Paul. And he was the one who was called to carry the gospel to the Gentiles. He became a laborer in God's vineyard. And his, he did not have it easy either. Oh, I tell you, he goes through life you know, he was hated by the Jerusalem, the Jews in Jerusalem, because they misunderstood him. They didn't understand why he would go out and, and preach the gospel to the hated Gentiles. And the Gentiles didn't like him any better. He got beaten up so many times. Twice he got left for dead. You know, you've seen the movies where they feed the Christians to the lions. Well, that happened to him. They threw him in the Colosseum and, and fed him to the wild beasts. But he fought the wild beasts and survived. And he just kept bringing the gospel of love to those who hated him. And then in this second reading we had today, the, in, from his epistle to the Philippians, you realize he's in chains at this point. He has been arrested by the Romans and he's in chains awaiting trial. He's a Roman citizen, so even his own country is now turned against him. And he indicates in this in this epistle that we read today, something kind of odd. It's, it, he acts like God has given him a choice whether to live or die. And St. Paul says, man, I tell you what, at this point, death sounds pretty good. <laughs> this has been a hard life. Nobody seems to like me and everybody's against me. And, and he says, boy, if I could just die right now and go be with Christ, that would be a wonderful thing. But then he says, but it's better for you if I remain. So I choose to be a laborer in the vineyard of God yet a while longer. For a while longer I will put up with all the troubles that I have in life so that I can continue to share God's love with even those who hate me. See, they understood the generosity of God and the joy of laboring in the vineyard. A lot of good things in life are hard work. Have you ever noticed that? Anybody who's been married for more than a week knows that marriage is hard work, don't you? Marriage is hard work. But if it's a labor of love, that work is joyous. What a joy it is to try to find new ways to express your love to your spouse, to, to give yourself to your spouse, to, 
to serve them. If it's a labor of love, it's a labor of joy. Even being in the church is hard work. For us to get to know each other, to know when each other have troubles, to be able to reach out and help each other, to serve one another as we serve Christ. To know who is sick and needs us to bring a meal to them. To know someone who's going through a hard time and find ways to, to help them. Being a member of the church is work. But if it's a labor of love, then it's a labor of joy. And so Jesus calls us in to the labor of his kingdom, not to give us a hard job to do, so that our lives can be filled with his joy. And what is the labor of the, of the vineyard? What are we called to do as laborers in God's vineyard? You know, Jesus promised to be with us to the very end of the age. He promised to be with the world until the end of time. And throughout his lifetime, he went about Judea and Galilee. He taught people the, the meaning of, of what God's love was. He taught us who God is and how we should respond by loving God and by loving one another. But he couldn't reach, he couldn't talk to the whole world from his own limited physical body. So after he died and was resurrected, he ascended into heaven and sent the Holy Spirit upon the apostles so that the church could continue the work of Christ in the vineyard. That we could take the, the gospel of Christ to everyone because the work of the church, the work of the vineyard, those who labor in the vineyard, is for us to be the voice of Christ in the world. That is our labor. That is our work, to be the voice of Christ in the world in a world that is shattered and broken by hate, to bring the word of love to them, of love of God and love of neighbor. For those who are broken, those who are injured, those who are wounded in their souls or in their bodies, to bring a word of healing to them. For those who have given themselves to violence, to selfishness and to greed, to bring a word of peace to them. It is our role to be the voice of Christ, to be the voice of reconciliation, to bring all people into one in the kingdom of God, where it makes no difference whether you're black, white, green, red, yellow, it do, that doesn't make any difference. Male, female, slave, free, none of that matters. We are all reconciled together to be made into one family under God. That is our labor, to be the voice that brings all people into one family. Even those who hate us, even those who persecute the church, it's sometimes hard to think of them as our brothers and sisters. Even though, they may, even though they hate us, they still are children of God, estranged though they may be by their own ignorance and confusion. But yet, 
There are lost brothers and sisters that need to be brought into the vineyard, brought into the fold where they can receive the fullness of God's love and mercy in their lives. The church is the labor of the vineyard. The church brings the love and mercy of God to all people because we live in a broken and lost world, a world that needs to hear the love that Christ speaks to them. And we are the voice of Christ to them.